0: So uh, Jim was talking to his next-door neighbor, and he was excited because he had just gone to this conference, and he heard a speaker speaking on different things about life. And he says, listen, um, uh, this guy said something. So he's talking to his neighbor, and he's like, this guy said something that just stuck into my, like, in my brain. It's engraved in there, and I want to share it with you. He said that all the world's problems can be summed up in two words. All the world's problems can be summed up in two words. He said, ignorance and apathy. He says, what do you think? And his neighbor turned to him and says, I really don't know, and I really don't care. (laughs) His answers showed both ignorance and apathy. In 1964, there was a gentleman called Winston Mosley. Some people already know What he did, and if he didn't, he stabbed a young woman to death. Um, The crazy thing about this already gruesome murder was that there were 38 people watching while this was happening. 38 people watching while this was happening, and you know, if you know, um, it's really hard to die from one stab wound, you know. And so, what happens is it was a process. You know, this wasn't something that it happened in two seconds. You know, this was an attack on a young lady who was screaming for help. And as he is, you know, as he's doing this, um, 38 people are watching this go down. And, and, you know, and it was only after she died that someone finally called the police when the police were questioning those 38 witnesses and people around, they were receiving answers like, I just didn't want to get involved. I just didn't want to get involved. Somebody else said, I, would, I, I thought somebody else would call the police, so I didn't. You know, and they even heard, they even heard an answer saying, well, it, it really wasn't any of my business. It really wasn't any of my business. A wise old evangelist once asked, why don't we see revival happening in the church in the United States today? Notice how we have to say in the United States today. But anyways, we'll keep going. The old preacher scratched his chin, right? He must have had all these white hairs like this, right? (laughs) And thought for a moment. And then he said, the reason why we are not seeing revival in the church today is because we are content living without it. Do you understand what he said? He says, why are we not living in revival? Why are we not seeing that in the church today in the United States? And his answer was just, well, the church today in this country Unfortunately, we're okay. We're okay living without it. We're okay living without it. There's a common theme found in each of these three stories that I mentioned to you this morning, and the common theme is indifference. There's indifference. There's many people cruising through life, yet indifferent to their need for a relationship with Christ and to the call and claims of God upon their lives. No sin can be more devastating to the church or more deadly to the individual than the sin of indifference. And we're going to talk about that. And you know what I'm going to do? I'll I'll break it down for you in a minute, but I want us to read from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 and 7. And it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So, before I continue, what is this sin of indifference? Let's all be on the same page, right? Let's all be on this indifference. What is that? Well, what exactly is that? What does, the, what does the word mean? It's defined as without interest or concern. So when you hear the word indifference, you're thinking no interest. There's no concern, right? There's no caring. It's, it's without caring. It's, it's uh, apathetic. It means having no bias, meaning you, have, you don't have any say. You know, you don't have any prejudice. You don't have any preference. You don't have, you know, you're impartial. You're disinterested. You know, it's, it, you're not going to say it's good. You're not going to say it's bad. You know, it's just everything is just routine. Think about this for a moment. The sin of indifference, what does it mean to be indifferent? It means to not care. To not, to not care either way. If it's good, you don't care. If it's bad, you don't care. You're not really interested. You don't really, you, you, you're not really concerned about why things are or who or, or where or when. God charged Israel with this sin of indifference time and time again. He spoke to them through his prophets. But at times, we know that when God was speaking to the nation of Israel, at times, it was like God was speaking to a stone wall, to a brick wall. Like, we read, we read these stories. We read the history of the nation of Israel. And we're like, how could they still, still not listen? How could they not care? Did they not see? I mean, were they not awake to see what God did? Were they, were, were, I mean, were, were they okay being slaves in Egypt? I mean, don't they see what God has done for this people? And yet, time and time again, here comes a prophet. The Lord says, okay, yeah, yeah. And then after a while, uh, I know the Lord says this, but we're going to do whatever we want to do. I know God is telling us, well, uh, we're going to, you know, I don't really care what you have to say, Right? God addresses, you know, um, God addresses Israel's failure to hear and to seek him through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 42.20 says this. It says, you see and recognize what is right, but refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. I'm going to read that just one more time. Remember, I want us to get this today. You see and recognize what is right, but you refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. How many of us today, if we can be completely honest with ourselves, how many of us today can say, I'm guilty of this? I have been guilty of this. I'm currently guilty of this. This is for you. Where God has shown you what he wants, and you yet have acted on what he has shown you. He has told you what he expects from you, and yet you have failed to, uh, to, to really uh, grasp his instructions and live it out. This is affecting the body of Christ because I know we call ourselves Christians, those that are in the body, we call ourselves Christians. And in that group of Christians, there are so many of us that are guilty of seeing what God wants, hearing what he wants, yet not acting in obedience. This is why I said it's a strong word for us this morning. Because, unfortunately, it's, 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 if we're honest, we can say the majority of us are all guilty of this at some point. At some point in our walk with God, God is saying, do this. And we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that, God. We say, I'm not ready yet. Right? We say, I don't know enough. We say, you know, how is it going to look? I've spoken to some people already, right? Well, how's it going to look if I do this? You know? How's it going to look if 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 I do this? Some people don't really know me. It's okay. How's it going to look if I talk about this? People know my past. Exactly. Exactly. Isaiah himself cried out about this cold, the cold indifference of Israel, we see in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. It says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Again, like I said, the reality is that at some point in our lives, we have all been indifferent. We've all been indifferent to what God, uh, to God at some point. You know, in Matthew 22, we read of the, of the wedding, the wedding, this big, this big party that uh, the king is inviting, to, you know, to his son's, his son's wedding, right? The king has this, he's throwing this big banquet, this big party, and he's inviting people to come to his son's wedding. Matthew 22 verse 5 says, but the guests he had invited ignored them and went on their way, one to, farm, one to his farm, another to his business. We know that this parable is symbolic of, 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 of the invitation, in the invitation uh, to sit at the Father's table, Right? We've all been given this invitation to sit at the Father's table, and, and it's telling us that people ignored that invitation. They ignored the invitation to be part of this feast, to sit at the king's table, to tend to a farm, to tend to some business, right? And in another gospel, we we they they add uh, you know, we just got married. You know, it's like it's like uh they were busy doing their own thing, busy doing their own thing, too busy with work, too busy with family, too busy with, people like, oh, how can you be too busy with family? No, no that can be. you could be too busy with family too. Too busy with the things of this world, too busy for God. One of my key words that you guys hear, especially in Bible study, is always going to be balance, 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 balance. We need to learn to live a balanced life, a balanced life. When it comes to the things of God and when it comes to the will of God, when it comes to the call of God, when it comes to the demands of God, when it comes to the worship of God, are you guilty of the sin of indifference? Meaning, do you just not care? Are you not as concerned as you should be? Are you not as interested in these things as you should be? That's what being indifferent to God means. Are we understanding this? Are you not concerned with what his word has to say? Because if we are concerned what his word has to say, then our life has to reflect it. This is what I'm trying to, this is what I need to understand. If we are concerned, if we care, if we are interested in this God that we serve, we should want to get to know him better. We should want to spend more time in his word. We should want to spend more time in prayer. We should want to spend more time in fellowship with other believers because we can learn from one another. And as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. And that's why we all need each other. Are we indifferent to the things of God? Are we indifferent in coming together and, and fellowshipping with one another? I know today's, uh, today is not a good example. Because, I, I listen, I told you guys if it was not safe, to stay home. So today does not count. <laughs> but, <laughs> nevertheless, right? <sighs> a bright, sunny, beautiful day. Oh, it's too nice to go to church today. We got to go on a family picnic. We got to take advantage of the sun. Because we may never know when the sun may come out again. It's raining. Oh, I don't want to get wet. I just did my hair. You know, I can't go out today. It's raining. It's cold. Oh, it's too cold. It's hot. Oh, it's too hot. I mean, people will have an excuse every day, but that's because we are becoming indifferent to the things of God. We just don't care enough. We just are not concerned enough. We're just not as interested enough. And we plan our lives pushing, pushing at least. I mean, I'm talking about Sunday morning. Not that Sunday morning gets you into heaven. We know what gets us into heaven, right? But Sunday morning is a time that we should at least say, God, you know what? At least I'm going to part all my calendar. I'm going to put some things on hold and go for it. Now, I understand some people work. And that's different. I understand if you get scheduled, that's different. I'm, I'm not coming at people. I'm talking about when you make a decision to say, you know what, I'm just going to do something else than to go to the house of the Lord this morning. Are you actively pursuing a close relationship with Christ? Are you satisfied hearing something on the Internet once or twice a week? Listen, hey. Hey. We can hear word all week long. That's amazing. What are you doing with it? Are you actively seeking relationship? I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and and this may not make sense to all people, but it's real. You can know the Bible from front to back. You could memorize the entire Scripture, and some people still don't have relationship with God. They're just full of knowledge with no relationship. When there's true relationship, you see the love of Jesus in them. You see how they treat people. You see how they speak to people. You see how they embrace people. You see how they are living out the things written in the scriptures, how they're living it, how they're sensitive to the, uh, to the, to the voice of God, how they concern what is right and wrong. That comes through relationship. Relationship with God are you seeking the will of God, not yours right I was talking to a, uh, I was talking to our brother Juan this uh, past week. Um, Juan is the individual that donated oh we got a do- we got two lights, two professional light fixtures donated to our church last week out of the blue out of the blue It's, it's um, God knows what we need, right Dennis and Dennis and Kevin were like, hey, we should get. Better lighting. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Let's, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that one day. And then a couple days later, hey, Pastor, I got some lights for your church if you want them. <laughs> Amen. All right, we'll take them. Um, but I was talking to that young gentleman, and, and, and he was like, man, I just came from Denver. And then I was like, Denver, what's in Denver? And he's like, what, Pastor? You don't know Denver's where it's at right now. And, you know, I was like, Denver, bro, it's cold in Denver. And I don't like snow here. I definitely won't like snow in Denver, right? And uh, he's like, man, but you know, man, my heart, God knows my heart is either in Denver or in Texas. And he went down a list of a couple other places. I was like, brother, I know, I know. I said, my heart, I I don't think I ever brought it back from, from North Carolina. When I lived in North Carolina, when I came back to Philly, I just left it there. One day I'll have to go back for it. But that one day isn't now because it's the will of God that I'm here. And if that day never comes, then I can be happy because I am living in the will of God. Yes. Do you understand? And that's where we have to make, that's where we have to be like, God, I may want this, but what is your will for my life? Are you seeking the will of God for your life and not your own? How much interest do you have for the local, local gathering of the body? And we talked about that already. I won't beat that dead horse, right? I just, okay, I'll add one more thing. Listen, we all have busy lives. We can run errands after church. We can run them on Saturdays, Saturday nights. We, listen, re, re, realistically, you can plan your life around two hours. You can. And honestly, it's for your own, it's for your, it benefits you. Like, you're not doing anything for me. It's for yourself. And your soul. When it comes to being active in the church and serving God, do you find it to be dull? Oh, that's just not my thing. You know, I just like to come and, and sit and listen, Pastor. Because, hey, you know, people are honest, and I appreciate your honesty. No, Pastor, you know, that's not really for me. I just like to come and I like to sit. You know, I don't like nobody. I don't want nobody to talk to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk to nobody. I'll go. I'll lift I'll, I'll, I'll my hands, clap a little bit. I'll, I'll hear the word, and I'll go home. Okay. Well, I can appreciate you making the effort to come in. Thank you but you're, you're missing the point about coming in because this is, that's what it's about. It's about family. It's about community. It's about ironing. Like I said, iron sharpening iron. It's about the fact that we are living together, growing together, learning together, maturing in our walk with God together. Submitting. Does it not concern you serving the kingdom? Because it's not about serving Lighthouse. I mean, if this is your home, then you serve here. But you're not really, it, it's, it's, it goes beyond serving a Lighthouse. If you're serving at Lighthouse, you're serving the kingdom. Right? And so what happens is, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a kingdom mentality. It's, it's about the kingdom. And how can I use the gifts that God has given me for the kingdom? Or does it not concern you? Are you indifferent to, the, to it. Ah, uh, God will use somebody else. God will know. Somebody else can do it. There's plenty of people in the church. There are plenty of the people in the church, and it's always the same 14 people. It doesn't have to be that way. Those 14 people are more than willing to share the load. Trust me. Trust me. I, I know they are. They're not going to tell anyone, no, you can't help us. (laughs) They're not going to say that to anyone. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31 to 32. Ezekiel chapter uh, 33, verse 31 to 32 says, So my people come pretending to be sincere, and they sit before you. They listen to your words and have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't act on it. Just so you understand what's happening in this chapter, God's message to the prophet Ezekiel, right? This is, this is within God's message to the prophet of Ezekiel as he's explaining why he allows the fall of Jerusalem. He's, he's explaining to Ezekiel why what happened happened, right? Church, do you want to know what the opposite Of indifference to God looks like? Do you want to know what it looks like to completely be opposite to what we've been talking about all this time? Well, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else counting it all as wait wait counting it all as so that I could gain Christ Is this your thinking today Are we thinking this way that nothing else matters Nothing else matters in my life. Yes, things are important. Yes, I understand we have to plan. Yes, I understand we have to save. Yes, I, I, we, we need education. Yes, we need jobs. Yes, we need all these things. But when it comes to gaining Christ, does all that take a backseat in your life? Is it in the back seat right now or is it your main focus? The opposite of indifference to God is to say, nothing else matters to me but you, Lord. Nothing else matters to me but you. The danger of living, the dangers of living a life indifference, of indifference to God. Israel, (laughs) they discover that being indifferent to the Lord and to the things of God is a dangerous position to be in, and due to ignoring the commands of God and living lives of apathy to his commands, meaning they're not caring about what he has to tell them, God allowed Israel to be conquered by their enemies. And we see this you know, it's like they get conquered, slave, free, conquered, <laughs> slave. Free. I mean, because the thing is, it cycles of disobedience, rebelliousness, cycles of not caring, cycles. And so what happens is he allows them to be captured by their enemies, and he allows years of captivity and bondage. Do you know God will not be ignored? This is the thing, right? You know, um, we, we, hear, we hear things like, oh, God is love. He is love. God is grace. He is grace. And whoever has been talking to me all week, Those conversations that I've had with many of you all week has been the topic of the week has been grace. Lord, give me grace. Give me grace to love those that are hard to love. Give me grace to understand why people are the way they are. Give me grace. And the topic has been grace, grace, grace all week. Right? But doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that God, you know, oh, you know, He's soft. He's all about just love and grace. It's not just love and grace. You know, we don't preach the whole thing. We don't preach the right thing. Do you guys know what that means? Like if not everything is being taught and preached and we're leaving things out, then you're not being taught, and pre- not being taught the full truth. God won't be ignored. His character and his attributes just won't allow it. Isaiah 42 in the first part of verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory I will not give to another. I will not give my glory to another. As a result of indifference, As a result of indifference, many have created this uh, misconception of God, of the nature of God. You know, um, there was a, a quote that says, Indifferent Christians perceive God as lukewarm and don't believe he will reward them for their diligence or punish them for their slackness. When we become indifferent to God, We begin to to have this misconception about God that we start to put him in this this area in our life where he's like, well, you know, God is God. But if I do good things, eh, he's not really going to do anything. You know, it's it's not going to mean anything. And if I do bad things, eh, he's not going to do anything. I mean, people, when you are living lives of indifference, you begin to think that way. Because remember, you don't really care, right? You're not really concerned. You're not interested. You're not caring. And so what's happening is like, oh, if I do good, he doesn't care. If I do bad, oh, it doesn't matter. And so what happens is you live a life thinking that the God that you serve will be okay with that. Zephaniah chapter 1. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 12. Says, I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. Yo, we don't read this verse in church. This don't make people happy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me finish. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. I know that we have been taught God won't punish you, right? some people. God won't punish. He doesn't, do, he doesn't do anything to you. And the thing is, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. If he's a loving parent, I mean, how many loving parents do we have in the houses today? How many loving parents do we have? When your child does something wrong, are they punished? Are they punished? Now, we all have different ways of punishing. My mom had her way. And it just felt like I got smacked all the time. I I was being punished every day. No, she's going to look at this and be like, why would you tell that to the people? (laughs) She did great. My dad was once a year. My dad would discipline me once a year. But guess what? It lasted the year. (laughs) It lasted for the year. Trust me. Trust me. It would just be a look like, uh, I'm good. I remember. It's it's been within 12 months. I still remember. Still traumatized. <laughs> I can say now as an adult that I appreciate the discipline my parents put on me. Um, number one, it, it, it taught me right from wrong. Um, it, it gave me an example. Um, also, it uh, it it made me stronger as an individual. Right. <laughs> Gave me wisdom. But a loving parent punishes their children because they love them. If you think God won't punish you, then what you're saying is God doesn't love you. If you you say God won't ever punish you, you're saying he doesn't love you enough to correct you. He doesn't love you enough to want to warn you when you do something wrong. He doesn't love you enough to want to, to teach you what's right when you say that the God that we serve doesn't punish. That's what you say. So, going back to our original text, right? Let's start the sermon now. I'm, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm only playing. <laughs> That's the intro. <laughs> no, we, we see a call to seek God while there is still time. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. There is a window of opportunity. There is a window of opportunity that does not remain open forever. And this, and, and this window right now is available for us to respond to God's call. Isaiah is here and he's urging and he's reprimanding the people of Israel. He's saying, Seek the Lord while he can still be found. Can you imagine the desperation of the prophet of Isaiah? He understands what God is going to do, he knows what God has done. He is the mouthpiece of God to the people of Israel. He's like, Listen up, guys. Seek God while you still can. It's not too late. It's not too late to turn your hearts to him. It's not too late. It's not too late. You know, how many of us have, we, we've mocked people on the streets that will stand in the street corner and yell, it's not too late to come to Christ. But you understand that that, that, that individual has been burdened with the conviction of the fact that people are going to hell. And he, and he has this, he feels like he has this calling to say, I have to save as many people as possible. Cars are driving by, people are walking by, and people that do not know Jesus are going to hell. And it doesn't sound nice, but it's truth. And if you love people, your friends, your family, then you share the gospel with them. You share it with them. Some people will receive it, and some people won't. And if they won't, it's okay. But keep living your life according to the Scriptures, being an example of Christ in their lives. Keep loving them, and you'll see what God can do. He's pleading with the people of Israel, please, there's still time. Call upon him while he's still near. The truth is that one day it will be too late to turn to the Lord. There's a story about a man, right? He, was, he encountered some trouble while he was flying his private jet. <laughs> he had a little small plane, and uh, he was flying. Everything was going all right, and then something started to happen, and he called into the tower, and he says, He says, uh, pilot to tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport. I'm 600 feet above the ground. I'm out of fuel, and I'm losing altitude. I'm descending rapidly. Please advise. There was a pause for a brief moment, and then the radio turned on. Tower to pilot, and the dispatcher began. Repeat after me, our Father who are in heaven. <laughs> Don't wait until you're crashing to seek the Lord. Don't wait until your plane is on a downward spiral. Seek him while you still can. Don't put off for tomorrow what can be done for today. For those that have not accepted Christ into their hearts as personal Lord and savior, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today today, if you're watching, you haven't done that, today is the day for salvation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We read verse seven. We're seeing that, we, you know, we're seeing that we're given conditions of having a relationship with God. It says, let the, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteousness, unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Pretty much, okay, you want to have a relationship with God, right? You want to have a relationship with God? Well, number one, turn away from sin. Like, turn away from the way that you're going. Forsake the wickedness. Forsake means abandon. I want, to say, I want to say the difference between abandon and, you know, uh, sometimes what we do with sin, right? It doesn't mean slowly saying goodbye, <laughs> holding hands. I'm going to miss you. You know, I know we can't be together. I just want you to know that uh, it was good while it lasted, whatever. No, no, it doesn't mean that. It means to abandon, to abandon, not one last kiss, one last dance, not, none, none of that. None of that. It just means it just means. Listen, I have my. There's a there's a young lady I know in my life, and she was dating someone, and uh, she got up and went on a plane, and left to another state, while she was in a relationship, and just that's it. Like like imagine imagine like let's say let's say you have dinner. Let's say you have dinner with your boyfriend tonight, and tomorrow you call him and he's gone. And like, like, yo, yo, not answering, no, not your phone call, not your text messages, nothing. And you only find out that this person left to the other side of the country because you have a mutual friend. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, no, they're down in so-and-so. I can't say, I can't say, I know people are watching, they're going to know the story. It's still too fresh. It's too soon for that individual that got left. It's too soon for that person. Can you imagine? That's abandoning a relationship. That's abandoning a relationship. Like, no goodbye, no nothing, no message. I mean, not even, you know, the Dear John letters. Nothing. The Bible says, forsake your ways. Abandon it. Don't try to, you know, don't, don't try to hug it. No, abandon. Turn away. Don't look back. He told that to Lot and his family, and Lot. Oh, yeah. Why you? Why you? He said that to Lot and his family, and and I don't know. His wife, she couldn't. She couldn't. She had to have one last dance, one last look, and it cost her her life. It cost her her life. She turned into a pillar of salt. This is a call to repentance. Repentance is turning around from our ways, turning away from our way and turning to God's way. In Luke chapter 13, 13, Jesus is, you know, um, he says, unless you repent, you will all perish. I mean, it's simple. It's simple. Again, we don't like to talk like this because it doesn't fill the seats. It doesn't fill the bank account. it It doesn't make everybody happy when you tell them things like this. But guess what? The Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And if you don't know that without repentance, there's salvation, then you can never be saved. So I have to tell you this. If you don't repent, you perish. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. Listen. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, He has turned away and will not listen anymore. The Bible makes it clear that God is holy and we are sinful. And that sin separates us from God, right? Without repentance, the wicked cannot have fellowship with God. We've all been wicked. We're all wicked. But with, with repentance, we can have fellowship with God. Do you understand? A holy God. Repentance is to confess our sins to God and to forsake them, abandon them, and to agree with God, yes, that was wrong. Yes, it was wrong what I was doing. And to turn to him and go in the direction that God leads you. Repentance is necessary to maintain fellowship and communion with God. So guess what? You can't say, oh, Pastor, no, I'm good. I repented in 19, uh, 1998. I repented back then, so I'm good. No, it's a lifestyle. You're telling me you haven't done nothing wrong since 1998? Some of y'all are like, I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Listen, it's a lifestyle. Repentance. Every day, constant. Repentance must be the, a way of life for the believer. Verse 7 also says to give up the old ways of thinking and the evil man, his thoughts. There's a saying that says, wickedness may be demonstrated by our actions, our ways, but unrighteousness can be found in our very thoughts. The battlefield for a righteous walk with the Lord is often found in our minds. The battlefield is often found in our mind, in our thoughts. We must have an eternal mindset, eternal mindset, rather than an earthly, worldly one. And that's why it's so important. you got to fill yourself with his word, with his presence, you know, with worship, more so than the things of this world. Like, I'm not going to tell you that the TV is bad and you got to throw it away. I'm not going to tell you you can't go to the movie theaters This is the way some of us were raised, right? Some of us were raised like this. We can't can't go to the movie theater. You can't go to a bowling alley. You can't do. Listen, I'm not saying you can't do these things. What I'm saying is that what we should be um, filling ourselves most with is God, his word, his presence, his desires, right? More so than the things of this earth and this world. And so, therefore, you're always going to be like this. More, like you know, the scale like this. The earthly, worldly you should not be down here. You know, with weight, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be what. It shouldn't be what fills you the most. We should be filled with the Lord. If we can't think and act, if we can't think and act like those of this world, because remember, we're not. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Philippians two five says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We got to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Having any mind other than Christ's mind, right, it causes us to live a life of disobedience and rebellion. Any other mind other than Christ will cause you to live a life of disobedience and rebelliousness. Verse 7 continues as it says, let him turn to the Lord. When the prodigal son returned to his father, right, he found his father with arms open wide. When we turn to God, we find mercy and forgiveness. Mercy and forgiveness. Mercy. Psalm Psalm uh, eighty six five says, "For you, Lord, are good, and ready to forgive, and abundant in mercy." to all those who call upon you. Mercy. Yeah, we serve a merciful God. Call upon him. He will show you mercy. So there was a mother. I don't know if this is true or if this is a folktale or not, so don't fact check me on this. No, I got fact checked. Thanks, Zach. On uh, the python. Pythons apparently are not as fast as I said they were. So uh, I'm going to have to call the people in Brazil and complain for putting some false stuff on it. I appreciate that, though, because we continue learning. But um, a mother was seeking a pardon from her son from Napoleon. Remember Napoleon, the emperor? The first Napoleon. And uh, she says, please pardon my son. And uh, the emperor said, this is his second offense. And justice demanded his death. She goes, I don't ask for justice, demanded his mother. She goes, I plead for mercy. The emperor then replied, but he does not deserve mercy. Sire, cried the mother it would not be mercy if he deserved it and mercy is all i ask for well then said the emperor i will have mercy and the story ends that her son was spared mercy is to not get what you do deserve right in forgiveness we receive mercy and forgiveness and forgiveness Acts 13, 38 says, brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. So I know it wasn't a very peachy message today. I know that it made some of us uncomfortable some of us. But if you find yourself living a life of indifference, if you find yourself indifferent to the things of God, to the call of God, to the worship of God, to the desires of God, if you find yourself indifferent for these things, then the the good news, the hope in this message is that you can turn to God today and He will show you mercy and forgiveness. Church, stand to your feet, please. God is speaking, church, to each and every one of us in some way today. He's speaking to us in some way. For the unbeliever, God is reminding you, he's calling you to turn to the Lord, submit your lives to Christ, surrender to him while you still can. Tomorrow isn't for sure. We all know stories of people in our lives that thought that tomorrow was going to be another day. And that wasn't the case. We live in such an unstable world, an unstable society. You never know what's going to happen. We cannot just assume that we'll do tomorrow what we can do today. If you're watching this, if you're here today and you have not accepted Christ into your life, I plead to you, don't wait another moment. He's calling you today. He's saying, I want to forgive you. I want to embrace you. I want to call you my child. I want to walk with you in the difficult moments of life because it doesn't get easy when we become Christians. It's just like, you know, you're no longer walking through those hard moments in life alone. You can hold on to Christ through those moments and you can understand that as long as you hold on to him, you will have victory through those circumstances. God is speaking to the believer, to the believer that may have grown indifferent to God that may have grown indifferent to his calling, to his word, and he's saying, repent today. Seek the Lord. Seek his direction for your life. Care about the things that he cares for. Like, let it concern you. Take interest. Take interest in the things of God. If you read his word and you see how God is interested in certain things, then it should interest you too. If God is saying to love one another, we should care about what he thinks, and we should love one another. Ask him to use you. Say, Lord, I, these gifts, these talents that you've given me, First lord i repent for sitting on them i repent for keeping it to myself i repent that although you gave me these gifts to use in the body for the edification of the body i haven't been using them and i've been selfish and disobedient and rebellious no pastor don't say that i'm not selfish i'm not i'm not disobedient i'm not rebellious well i mean Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, we all have gifts. I know that today wraps the, the, the open, I guess, you know how open enrollment, I guess, we want to call it for church membership. Today's the last day for open enrollment. Um, but one of the things about being a member of a church body is that you're committing to say, you know what? If you don't know your calling, if you don't know your gifts, then you serve. But if you do know your calling and you do know your gifts as a church member, you say, you know what? You're going to use that calling and use those gifts for the edification of this body, of his body. So I'm excited for 2022. I'm excited because next week I'm going to introduce all the new members. And we have so many new members to Lighthouse family. So if you're a new member, please be here next week. I want, I, I want to introduce you guys to the church. We've had families watching us online for months and months and nobody knew. And God has sent them to our church. We have people that have been with us and, 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 and God has sent them to our church. We have people that uh, I'm just saying God is doing some great things. And in 2022, I'm expecting just God to blow our minds. But, but, he can't do what he wants to do if we're indifferent to him. He can't do what he wants to do if we're not going to be willing to care about the things that he cares about. We have to have a concern for his word. We have to have an interest in what God wants. And it should be what you want as well. It's time to seek the Lord today. It's time to say, you know what? Father, forgive me for my indifference. Forgive me for not caring as much as I should care. Forgive me for not being as obedient as you've called me to be. This is not a time to point fingers. This is not a time to be ashamed or embarrassed. This is a time to say, you know what, nothing else matters. And so I challenge you, church, as we make a call to prayer at this moment if you are standing here today you're sitting here today and God is saying and he's talking at your heart and you realize that maybe there has been a point in your life that you've been indifferent and you don't want to be that way anymore you want God to ignite a passion and a fire in your life then I ask you to take a step of faith forward today and we want to pray with you this morning we want to pray with you this morning because we want you to leave here changed than when you walked in We want you to be encouraged. We want you to be motivated. We want you to understand that you are here with purpose. And that God comes first.